You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 212, and I'm your host, Tom Gallo. For this edition of the podcast, I chatted with Stella, Elena, and Michaela of New York City up-and-comers Hello Mary. We last spoke with the trio for a piece on the Look at My Records site back in December of 2020, and since then, They've been through some changes. They've graduated from the DIY recording setting to a proper studio, enlisting the services of veteran indie rock producer Bryce Goggin for their recent string of releases, which includes the captivating double single Stinge, backed with Sink In. The band also embarked on their first West Coast tour, played some pretty big gigs, and added a bit of polish to their signature sound. During our interview, we chatted about all of this and more, including the circumstances that inspired one of their recent singles, Evicted, how Julia Cumming of Sunflower Bean has acted as a mentor to the band, and of course, what the band has on the horizon for the rest of the year. Plus, Stella, Helena, and Michaela picked some awesome records from my collection, and had some really cool stories to go along with each pick. They selected some great albums from Echo and the Bunnymen, Big Thief, and more. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look at My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look of My Records website where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookofmyrecords.com. All right. Hey, I'm here Hello. with... Hello, Mary. Hello, comma hello mary how are you good how are you i'm good great to speak with you i've been following the band pretty closely for like the last two years it's cool to see all the great things you've done during that time period before we get into everything regarding your music i know you have a tour coming up lots of other exciting things happening with the band why don't you just take a second to introduce yourselves and just say what you play in the band. <laughs> Hello, hey. I'm Helena. I sing and I play guitar in the band Hello Mary. I'm Stella. I sing and play drums. In what band? In Hello Mary, sorry. I'm Michaela. <laughs> I play bass in the band Hello Mary. Awesome. I'm glad you're all members of Hello Mary. Because that's who, we, who I'm supposed to be talking to. Awesome. So, how are you, first and foremost? How's everything going right now with the band? You just put out two new singles, Stinge and Sink In. They're both excellent. How are you all feeling these days? Really awesome. Good. <laughs> We're feeling good. It's been like at least for me personally, like a pretty busy week just because, well, we're all in school and, you know, just city life is always a hustle. So working and balancing everything and the band, but, um, but it's all positive stuff. So feeling really good. Yeah, that's awesome to hear that you're all feeling and doing very good. I want to go back a little bit. We did an interview for the website uh, about a year ago, I guess, where we kind of 
went into a lot about Ginger, your debut album, and your origin story. But I remember your origin story was really interesting to me, and I wanted to get a little more detail on it. You came together kind of like in this fate-like way. I know two of you were playing in Hello, Mary, and then you were connected by someone that was planning an, I guess, an all-women uh, music showcase. Uh, and then you had practiced a couple times before playing that show. I was curious about what you remember about your initial first meetings together. What what were those practices like and how'd that show go? I feel like Stella has the most to say about this. She was meeting both of us and we yeah, were I mean, very young. Yeah, so this was back in... 2018, I think, was when we first met. I think it was right before 2019. It was, like, right after Christmas. Yeah, right after Christmas. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I got I got put in touch with Helena, and we set up a couple practices, uh, one without Michaela and then one with her. And, yeah, I mean, I was 18 at the time, and they were both 15, so that felt like a bigger gap than yeah. what it feels like now, um, just because you know, 15 is like you're starting high school and 18 is like you're ending. So it was, it's pretty different. And I remember, um, Helena being very shy when I first came over, which she told me later, she actually had thought about canceling the practice. <laughs> which I'm very glad she didn't do. Cause you know, we probably what would have happened. What would right. have happened? Would it's have one no of those things. Oh, hey. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was that. And then, of course, I met Michaela, the, the practice after that. And initially, I mean, I, I knew right off the bat from playing with them that I wanted to continue playing with them, um, which I found remarkable because they were so young in comparison to me at the time. And yeah, it was great. What do you think made it different from maybe people you had played with before? Was there something you can pinpoint? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I was only 18. I mean, we're all pretty young, so I didn't have like so much experience yeah. with playing with other bands, but I did play in a couple other bands before joining Hello Mary. And I just, I felt like their sense of rhythm was really great. And they, they played so well together, even without a drummer, like, you know, their, their sense of time and their sense of just like listening to one another was very, very strong. And I felt like me joining that equation only like acted as kind of a glue for what was already there. And um, yeah, I really love that. And, as and aside from like, obviously the, the songwriting being very good too. Like I felt like it was such a mature, they both had such mature ears for songwriting and um, music, musical parts and all of that from such a young age. So I really respected that and wanted to be a part well, of it. Well, what do you remember about that first, sh <laughs> first show? Did Were you able to write any songs right before that? play original songs at that show i think we only had like four songs maybe five that they were all original but i was so nervous I remember being really nervous like not being able to eat before yeah i was same. i mean that I, I was really nervous before shows for like probably a year into the band now i don't get as nervous it depends on the show but i was really freaked out but the show was great the show itself was really good. Yeah, I remember we also were, like, responsible for some reason for, like, bringing all of the gear. Yeah. Even though we were, like... Oh, no. It was, like, we were, like, the opening band or something, and, like, we brought, like, the drum set and the amps and, like, all this stuff. 
And, um, but it was, it was fun. It was just very like DIY kind of like party slash show thing. I think it was perfect for like a first, first go at it for sure. That's cool. That sounds like it was a fun show and was just the very beginning of the band. That's cool. The (laughs) other thing was, I know you formed in late 2018, 2019, played that one show. Did you get to play a lot of shows that year? Uh, right before the pandemic because then you know 2020 happened and there wasn't really much obviously happening in the way of live performances or gigs or anything like that we played a lot of shows we played so many shows i think i remember like after that first show was was when i kind of decided to propose to them to really form as a band and start taking it a little bit more seriously and they were on board and so I just went into high gear and like booked a ton. I have a of list shows. here. Before COVID, it was thirty-five shows, which is wow. That's great. Wow. It was like every weekend. Every weekend, and and because we were in that zone of just having to practice performing live. You know what I mean? It was like if we're gonna start taking this seriously, we have to like know what we're doing. And and because like I think especially Helena and Michaela were like pretty nervous starting out. It was a good way to just like get really used to playing in front of people. Yeah, Yeah, so it sounds like this band really came together pretty quickly and hit the ground running. So then I'm also curious about how you reacted to, I guess, the circumstances of the pandemic where, you know, you're getting your live show together, probably getting really, really tight playing live by the end of 2019. And then live shows were kind of done at that point. How'd you adapt? Were you able to start practicing again within a couple of months of, uh, COVID-19 happening? Yeah, I, I, when we first like were in lockdown, I didn't think it was going to last as long as it did, obviously. I thought it would be like a month or something. But so when I realized it was like a long, a long lasting thing, I got really freaked out. But Stella and I were able to practice pro- probably like a month into COVID. That's great. <laughs> Every week or twice a week, maybe. Michaela's upstate, so we would just send her videos of, like, new songs, and she wrote her parts, like, perfectly. Honestly, like, this new, I mean, I guess this is the same for a lot of bands that are coming out with records right now, and we don't have an official, like, release date for the next record, but it will be sometime in the near future, and um, almost all of those songs are, like, quarantine, quarantine songs, for sure, uh, that we wrote remotely, like Helena said. I know you played shows last year. When was your first show back, and... What was it like finally getting to play live again after all that time off? I think it was at uh, Bowery Electric. I think our first show was at Bowery Electric and it was, we were headlining and my mom's band was opening for us. Oh yeah, yeah, I I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She she plays drums and um, in this band called Gold. And so they opened up for us and it was back when live shows were just starting as you said so it was like everything was seated and masked i'm pretty sure right or maybe people were allowed to take their masks off when they were sitting but it was all seated and there were like these kind of plexiglass panels in between uh certain like a certain number of seats so like people were kind of isolated more or less but it was really i mean it was just fun to play in front of people period so I don't think we cared too much about the circumstance. I know you also got to tour a little bit last year. You played your first shows out west. What was your first tour like? Any 
memorable shows on that tour? Any memorable moments for you as a band? Because that's definitely like a big milestone for a band to do your first tour, especially if it's outside of the general area where you live. In this case, it's all the way on the West Coast. So that must have been exciting. It was super exciting. Um, I'm trying to think of some memorable moments. There were a lot. There were a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, what, what show was the best player last year? San yeah, Diego? San Diego was super fun. The, it, was, it was like all kids and super DIY. Yeah. Um, but they were all pretty good. They were great. I, I feel like just being able to get out there was so fun and like had been something we'd wanted to do for a really long time. And um, even though we were only there for like five days or something, but it it was just it was great for us. And and it was also fun to like go to a different place. And even if there was like one person that was that knew of us, because some of them we were opening for other bands, and some of them it was more about you know not that we were ever the main attraction, but like oh maybe we were you know direct support for like some band out there or whatever. But even just having one person per show that was like, I listen to you guys and I like your music was like crazy because obviously we're not from there. So like, you know, going across the country and having that kind of reaction is like great. Yeah, that's a very, very cool feeling to connect with people that are thousands of miles away that you've never met before. Did you did you all like get a van and stuff and drive up and down the coast, L.A., San Diego? Yeah, yeah, we um we had our friend lend us his van who lives out there, which was very nice of him. And my mom actually came with us on that tour. That's awesome. Um, and she was kind of acting as our driver, um, which was great because none of us at the time had our licenses. I just got mine. In New York, you don't really <laughs> yeah, have yeah. to do that. So it, it had never really been something that we were prioritizing. But um, yeah, it was we had a van and everything. Um, I'm just work. I think we're all excited to do that in a for a longer period of time in a yeah. more like you know actual tour way, maybe without so much COVID circumstance. Yeah, hopefully very very soon. So I want to talk about your new, uh, basically the string of singles that you've released uh, last year and the two that you just released uh, because they're definitely different sounding than the songs that are on Ginger, your debut album. And I know for your first full length, you worked with a friend of the band as the producer in a more DIY setting. And now for these most recent singles that you've released after Ginger came out, you worked with a veteran producer, Bryce Goggin. You know, he's worked with a lot of cool, cool bands like Sebado, Pavement, uh, The Amps. So he definitely has like a really solid indie rock pedigree what was that transition like going from working with someone you know in a more diy setting to a producer you know who's been involved with you know bands that you you know like and look up to for you know a pretty long time it felt really good um it was a lot quicker and i don't know it was just it was great more professional and you know, yeah. everything you'd expect. <laughs> I think there are, like, certain things that you can get in that setting that you can't get in a DIY setting, and vice versa. You know, there. I mean, there are benefits and drawbacks to both things, but I think we had just kind of reached a level with 
songwriting and musicianship that we really wanted somebody who was going to be able to like capture that and elevate it um, in the way that we wanted. And Bryce was was everything for that. I mean, he he just did such an amazing job with the songs and um, yeah, I don't know. And obviously, like you said, like working with somebody who has worked with so many amazing musicians that we look up to, it's just like such a plus, you know, he already gets it. We didn't have to like try to shape his understanding of engineering or anything like that. It was like, just do what you have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you kind of identified it that you, did you have something in mind going into this next, I guess, phase of the band, as far as recording of what you wanted the songs to sound like and how much of that would you say was you kind of saying, you know, we have this idea and then also him kind of maybe doing something behind the board or guiding you in a certain way. I think we've always had the same idea of just like pretty raw. It sounds like how we would sound live because we don't want it to be inconsistent. And I don't know, Bryce just does that perfectly. Like he has great gear and mics it up well. And that's really all it, it takes a lot, but just to make it sound good and yeah, like just sound exactly how we would sound on stage. He's good at that. And yeah. He's good at like making it sound exactly like how he would sound on stage if it was like the perfect scenario, you know, (laughs) like it's basically like, I I mean, I think there's a lot of songs obviously that haven't been released yet, but like on this next record, I think all of them sound like that where it's just like us playing the song. It's a very like the best performance of the song could be. And then like maybe a little bit of enhancement with like a vocal effect, or maybe there's like a delay on the vocals that like probably wouldn't happen live yet, but hopefully one day, like it's not impossible that we could recreate that. Um, And that's kind of where Bryce was good, was like, oh, like love the way the song is written, love the way, like he didn't have part in like writing the songs yeah, at all yeah. but it was more just like oh you know it'd be really cool if the vocals had this effect here and then maybe you know the bass was pushed a little bit up here and so he had he was definitely like hands-on with producing certain things but he was very adamant that we were kind of the creatives which was nice totally yeah because you could definitely hear the difference in these songs compared with ginger which was ginger was an awesome record definitely i felt like that record was a little more you know aggressive sounding the the vocals maybe sat a little evenly with the guitars and stuff like this here you know it's it feels more melodic and the vocals come through it sounds like a lot cleaner and stuff like that so was that a conscious choice for you to make that change in direction with your sound and what do you think prompted that kind of shift for what you wanted your music to sound like i don't know i we definitely have trouble a lot having like the vocals in front of the loud guitars and stuff um and i like when the vocals are kind of in front because i think it's important and i have such a soft voice uh i don't think we ever like told him to do that though i think that was just his instinct yeah that was definitely yeah i mean i think it it just seemed like the obvious choice um but but aside from that like the you know the songs on ginger were less not that they weren't melodically driven but i think like the songwriting of the new songs is is more melodically yeah, yeah, driven totally. 
focus on gender and, and that's just kind of the way the songs were written you know I don't think it has to do with the production as much obviously that is a factor but I think it was more that vocals started becoming a bigger part especially because the harmonies started becoming more important like on ginger you, there's like bits and pieces of it and it definitely is alluded to that it's you know an important part but I think these new songs are where it really starts to be a, a crucial part of the music. Yeah, totally. I was curious, were you influenced or inspired by any uh, records or artists in particular within the course of writing these newer songs compared to what you were maybe listening to or influenced by when you were writing Ginger? I don't know. I think, I mean, for me, like... I, was, I wasn't I was a part of the songwriting in Ginger just because by the time I had joined, all those songs were already written. So I can't really say for you guys like what you were listening to. I feel like maybe there it's was... kind m- of the same, but... Really? Maybe more punky stuff. Like the muffs. Time. I feel like you guys were really into like the muffs and like... Yeah. More music like that. Like breaking into rock as like a, a genre. Well, yeah. I was into like more punk music than I was into. Yeah. I don't think I listened to punk music at all, but I was just like The Clash a lot and The Damned and such yeah. yeah but now like i feel like there's like a few different artists that we all really really love and like big thief is definitely one of yeah those. i was gonna say big thief totally like i'm just obsessed with them now and it, i think it's shows in most of our songs like yeah. especially with the vocals yeah. i hope maybe that's not true but i like to think i think I with like the vo- I, I could definitely hear it in the vocals for sure yeah yeah. What were you about to say? I was going to say, I always think, I mean, I write few of the melodies, none of the melodies of this new record, but I always think that, like, you guys sound or draw a lot of inspiration from Elliot Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of the time, too, like, songs are written acoustically first, and then it's brought to the rest of the band. Um, and so, like, at least speaking for like the songs that I've brought in, like, like I'll write a song acoustically and then bring it to them to make it sound like Hello Mary. But before it's brought to Hello Mary, it feels very Elliot Smithy. Um, and then, but that's hard to tell, like from an audience point of view, probably because then when there's like a lot of distortion and heavy drums, that kind of like gets rid of that that Elliot Smith vibe, but I, yeah, I would agree with Michaela on that. Totally. All really good bands and artists for sure. How's your songwriting process changed? I think you alluded to it a little bit since the band has started over the course of the last two to three years. Uh, it's definitely changed a lot for Ginger. Michaela and I basically just like most of the songs, we wrote the lyrics together and like every single part together which is less the case for the new songs. Um, yeah, also Stella wasn't writing anything. So that the process has definitely changed. But. but it also, like, it changes with per song. Like, yeah. you know, like some songs, it'll be like Helena r- writes an entire song and then she just brings it. Obviously, me and Michaela always write our own, like, drum and bass parts. But, like, for Evicted, for example, like, she brought in, like, you know, the verses and the choruses were already written out. And then it was up to me and Michaela to just, like, elevate that, kind of. But then there are other songs, like, I think, um, 
trying to think of one that came out like uh, sink in sink in is a great example of like so i wrote the verse part of that and like the verse lyrics and all that and actually no the second verse me and michaela wrote together lyrically but like the guitar riff and all that was me like alone on the acoustic guitar brought it to them and then the chorus was kind of i don't even remember i think it was you that came up with the chords and the and like the weird the off rhythms oh yeah of that and then obviously she wrote her own solo and all that but but so it's like we all have different parts and roles in writing different songs or like take something take something's a great example of like you know helena wrote the verse riff and all of that and the lyrics but then the ending the heavy ending part was like something that we all kind of just like came up with together um through like jamming and stuff so there, it just it just varies. Super collaborative, it sounds like, though. Yeah, no, it's very... I would say it's, like, very, like, we all contribute, like, lyrically. And that's that's rare, lyrically. A lot of times it seems like bands, one person writes the lyrics. But that's really cool that you're able to get all three perspectives in on the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also makes it kind of, like, I don't know. I think it it's cool because then it's you can't really tell, like who's saying what because all of the lead parts like helena will sing all the lead parts because it's that just like makes the most sense in the context of the band but like you know helena sings a verse that me and michaela wrote together you know what i mean which is like kind of the interesting yeah part of it too. totally so i know you've mentioned in interviews and in the press release for stinge and sink in that you you feel like you've the three of you have grown a lot as songwriters and musicians since the release of Ginger. I was wondering how specifically you think you've grown and what are the, some of the things that you've learned about yourselves as songwriters and musicians since the release of your first record? I, I think we've all just, I've definitely gotten a lot better at guitar personally. Um, I'm still not as good as I could be, but I don't know, I, I had barely been like playing guitar when when we wrote ginger wow a lot of the i think i played a lot like simpler chords just like bar chords but now i tend to just play chords that i don't know like i don't know what they're called i'm just kind of doing it that's the best way to do it which is both good and bad but but yeah i never write a song and know the chords that's what i've noticed about myself as a songwriter I just, yeah, which is annoying. If I'm trying, Michaela's like, what key is this in? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so it yeah. sounds like you're taking more risks, sort of. Like you're not, you know, yeah. you're just doing it and not really a- afraid or anything like that. That's that's key to success, I've found. That's good. Yeah. It's also like, I don't know. I feel like lyrically we've all grown a lot too. Like um, trying to like make it a little bit more narrative or like I don't know I think before like with Ginger like those are you know I still like love a lot of the songs on that album and they're great too but I think it was more kind of about like us playing like exercising ourselves as musicians and less so about like what we were trying to say and I think now it's kind of like met in the middle of like everything is important and like the music's important, but so is like what we we're trying to say lyrically. Um, so I think that's really cool, and I'm excited about that. Michaela, do you have anything to add? Um, 
I don't. <laughs> That's okay. That's good. I thought everything you everything you said was great, though, just there. All good stuff. So let's talk about Stinge and Sink In. I think I'm saying Stinge right. I don't know. Yeah. Good. You are. Stinge and Sink In. They're your two latest singles. I like how well they pair together. And, you know, the two songs you released before that were released as two separate singles. And this is kind of like a, a double A side thing or like a, a dub A and B side type of thing. And, you know, I noticed that they do really pair well together and kind of you had mentioned uh, in a, a write up on the songs that they do kind of are they are kind of related thematically and sonically. Uh, at what point in the writing process did you realize that these songs, uh, two songs fit well together? Or, or basically, when did you realize that they were kind of meant to be presented as two songs together? We didn't. Nice. I think it was like we wanted to release a single with two songs. We wanted like an A-side, B-side single. And I think it felt good. Like Stinge is kind of so in your face and it felt so correct to be involved in that as the first song. And then Sink In felt like kind of the other side of Hello Mary. It was kind of like the rocking, like, you know, aggressive side and then like the more melodic, pretty side. And so that it was like, it was less about like what the songs are about and more about sonically how they sounded together. And then it it wasn't until I was I was like writing some sort of um, description yeah. or like quote about them. It wasn't until that point that I realized like oh, they're actually like related thematically too. But what's interesting is that like they're not written about like stint the lyrics for Stinge Helena wrote, and the lyrics for Sink In I wrote part, and then me and Michaela wrote the other verse together. So it was like. Very kind of random, but then randomly worked. Very serendipitous. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. For me, I, when we were choosing them, I just wanted to choose two of the best songs, but not the best songs. Yeah, you want to save that for <laughs> later. So that was all it was for me. <laughs> and these two songs are great too. So can't wait to hear what the cream of the crop is. So that's very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> How would you compare, speaking of maybe what's coming later, you know, you don't have to spill the beans completely, but these, this string of singles, as we've talked about, take something evictive, evicted, stinge and sink in, definitely sound different than the songs that were on Ginger. What can people expect next sonically, I'd say, or for the full length? Is it? going to kind of fit within this vein, would you say? Or is it going to sound even more different than the four songs that you've released since Ginger? I feel like most of them fit within this vein, but there are a few outliers that are kind of funky, different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would agree. And a few, they're all going to be on the next record as well. So take something isn't right. But there are a lot that aren't actually going to be on the next record that are recorded. Yeah. Whoa. Nice. There are, oh, true, true, true. There are, <laughs> we have a lot of songs and, and like most of them are going to be on the next record, but there are some that will take longer 
to come yeah. out. But but I I would second everything Michaela said. There's also one song on the new record that feels very reminiscent of Ginger to me personally. But Rabbit. Yes. <laughs> it's called Rabbit. It's called Rabbit, but you won't hear it for a while. Everybody, stay tuned. Be patient. We'll hear Rabbit sometime soon, and can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Evicted. Uh, it seems like a song that was specifically written to capture the current times we're living through or were living through because maybe we're hopefully kind of past it now. What inspired that track? Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, that was definitely about uh, lockdown. It's very clear in the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> try- Why can't I think about it? Goes- Wait, but the verse now. Oh, now we're trapped alone Alone together. together. I'm sorry that there's nothing to offer. That's not enough. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't really know what it's about. I didn't write it. (laughs) I also don't know some of the words. (laughs) Yeah, that was just about being stuck with the same people and feeling very bored and not having (sighs) the same people as in your bandmates. No, no. (laughs) Okay. Um, and just being like, well. What are we, what what can we offer each other, you know? Like, what's new? Nothing is new. That was the answer. And then I've been evicted from the sun, just not being able to go outside. Tell me about Take Something, because it's a song you released last year, first song you released uh, after Ginger came out that was not on uh, post-Ginger. and kind of introduces people to this newer, uh, different-sounding Hello, Mary. How'd that track come together? That was another lockdown song that I wrote. Um, that's we think that's one of our most underrated songs. It's a great song. <laughs> that's Hello, Mary song of all time. Yeah, and no one listens to it. <laughs> it's super fun to play. I and listen it was like, to it. It's great. <laughs> it was super like complex. I think at the time we thought it was like. We thought it was like super mathy and different. Yeah, I mean, for what we were doing, right? For for something like that was, you know, sometimes in talking to bands, musicians, sometimes they're a little nervous about putting out something that's a little different sounding than from what they released previously. Was there any apprehension for for you all in releasing something that was kind of not totally sounding like your 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 record that came before it? I definitely was like, people might not like this, but it yeah. didn't. I liked it a lot, so I was like, I just figured the people that would like it would find it, and it might not be the people that already liked us, and that's okay. So let's hope they find it. Yeah, okay. I would agree with that. I was honestly excited. I was like, thank God, we have like new music, and it's we all feel so good about it, and it's like, it was our first like studio recorded song which was just really great and i don't know it was really exciting so when you went into the studio to record this song evicted stinge sink in were these like very like concentrated sessions where you were there for a couple of days and you know banged them all out or have you kind of been going back every now and then kind of working on stuff evicted and take something we recorded together um along with a third song that we ended up re-recording um, that will be on this this next album. But we, yeah, we recorded those as kind of like a trial session with Bryce um, just to see if we 
It was, yeah, I think it was a two-day session. Or no, it was supposed to be two days, but we got we knocked them all out in one. Oh, right. For, the, for those three songs, um, which one ended up being kind of trashed. But, um, so that was why Evicted and Take Something came out. Honestly, like, had we recorded all of them at the same time, maybe, like, our choices for what the singles would be would have been different. But those just happened to be the songs that were that were done first. And then once we realized that we liked working with Bryce, we went back into the studio and recorded for how many days? Four? Something like that. Four or five days, maybe, or three or four. I don't know, something between three and five. And um, they were like concentrated sessions. That's where Sink In and Stinge came from. And there was like a ton of other songs too. I think like 10 other songs in addition to those or more than that. Um, that were recorded. Amazing. That's a lot of tracks. How'd you connect with Bryce? And were you like, kind of like shopping around for someone to work with? And what kind of like attracted to you, you to him uh, at first? Was it, you know, the fact that he's worked with bands that you probably, you know, like, like Pavement, the Amps, bands that, you know, kind of have a, a similar sound from the 90s? Your mom put us on to him, didn't she? Yeah, I think my mom knew somebody that worked. Oh, yeah, my mom's friend, Sean, who's in Luna, that band Luna. He, like, they worked with Bryce a few times, and I think uh, we're just, like, kind of friends with him through the music world somehow. So she kind of recommended him to us, and then... um, and then we told our manager, and she was like, oh, yeah, I know Bryce. He's great. I've worked with him before, whatever. So, um, yeah, it just kind of, like, made sense, I guess. And obviously what you said, like, we respected all of the bands he's worked with before. Yeah. So we were like, okay, there's not much room for him to, like, fuck this up. I mean, he kind of knows what he's doing, you know, so... It's also cool to see that, you know, as a as a band, you've received a lot of like praise from these really awesome musicians. I know like Britta Phillips of Luna, as you mentioned, Julia Cumming of Sunflower Bean. I was wondering and I know there's there's also in something I read about the band that Julia Cumming is kind of like a mentor to the band. Uh, so I was just wondering, is there anyone in particular that you as a band really look up to or that has really like imparted strong words of wisdom that you really have taken to heart? Definitely Julia. Yeah, definitely she's, Julia. I think she's the, uh, out of the people that like have given us praise, she's the one we're closest with. And she's really been there through like for a long time. She's the one that told us to do like the West Coast tour. She was like just... Because we were like, well, it might be a bad idea. So we called her for advice and she was like, absolutely, just do it. Because people are going to think that's dope. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. I thought it was dope. She was right. <laughs> yeah. Mother knows best. <laughs> <laughs> you have a bunch of big shows coming up. Touring with Sunflower Bean. Anyone in particular that you're most excited for? I know there's, a, I think, one at Webster Hall, which is really fucking exciting because you guys are from New York. And uh, also, I know White Eagle Hall. I live in Jersey City, so I'll definitely be at that show. Excited for it. Yeah, White Eagle Hall and Webster are really big deals for us. But the first rock show Michaela and I ever went to was at White Eagle Hall. Oh, awesome. What show? 
Yeah, it was Twin Peaks. Oh, that was a great show. I was at that show. That was amazing. They like blew the roof off the place. It was so awesome. And we were just like, holy shit. Like, people were moshing and stuff. I don't think I'd ever, like, Yeah, no, I've never seen that, for sure. That's a great first show to go to because that was, like, unhinged, that show. They really, I had never seen them. I had never seen them live before. And they were just all over the place. And everyone was really into it. Yeah, it was so fun. We were probably in eighth, seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. So that's kind of nostalgic. Um, and obviously Webster Hall is a huge deal. Yeah, very full circle to play at White Eagle Hall. Great venue, too. Really cool space, great sound. Cool that you get to play on the stage there where you attended one of your first like awesome shows. So very yeah, cool. So, so amazing. All right, so now we're going to play some songs by my guests, Hello Mary. We're going to play the double single that we spoke about at length stinge and sink in and then we're gonna follow it up with evicted which we also talked about
just heard three songs, relatively new songs by my awesome guests. Hello, Mary. We heard Stinge and Sink In. They're a double single. And then we heard Evicted. And if you're interested in purchasing those tunes, head to hellomary.bandcamp.com or stream them on your platform of choice. Now, Hello Mary picked some records. We're going to talk about them. We're going to have fun talking about them and all that stuff. So we'll start off with The Cutter by Echo and the Bunnymen. I have a seven inch single version of this. Really like cutting track, not to like steal right from the title, but the instrumentation, very eerie on this song. Ian McCullough's voice, particularly powerful. And this song also appears on their 1983 album, Porcupine. So tell me a little bit about why you like this track and why you picked this song. I picked this song because... I, so my family, when I was younger, well, it's still in the family, technically. My dad and his husband live upstate, not live upstate, but have a house upstate. And when I was a kid, um, my mom and dad owned it and we would go up there all the time and we have this barn and my mom is a huge, like I've mentioned, music nerd, music lady. And she would, every time she'd work out, she'd put on that song because it was one of the few like tapes that we had um, up there. And so she like had the physical tape and put it in and blast it. And it would just be like, she'd be jumping rope and it'd be the cutter (laughs) by Echo and the Bunnymen from like when I was such a little girl. And so that song is just like, has like a very specific memory attached to it for me. That's so cute. That is cute and cool. Cool and cute. (laughs) Ingrained in your memory. I like it. I dig it. Very cool. Good workout song. I'm going to have to hit the gym while listening to that song in in particular. And probably jump rope to it because you mentioned jump (laughs) roping. So I'll be doing that. Good. Next up, amazing song, Birthday by the Sugar Cubes off of Life's Too Good. It appears on their 1988 debut album, uh, Life's Too Good, as I just mentioned. It was originally released as a single in 1987, though. So it was the world's first introduction to the great Bjork. And they also performed this song on Saturday Night Live. Uh, in 1988 in an episode hosted by Matthew Broderick. This song, I feel like people who heard it for the first time, like when they heard it for the first time back like 30 plus years ago, were probably like, whoa, what the heck? This, Her voice is just so good and like unlike anything I've ever heard in my life. So this is like an amazing, amazing song. It is. For sure. Yeah, I think we all love that song a lot. Um, I can't remember. Was it you that put me on the sugar cube? Did no. you? No? It was not me. 
Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember who, who like I don't know, but I feel like we all got like like into the sugar cube. Yeah, you kind put of at the me same on. Time. I remember someone else put you on. Yeah, you were like blah blah put me on. I can't remember who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I fucking yeah. I mean exactly what you said. Like her voice and everything, and like just. I don't know. There's, like, some live video that I watched of that song, and it was just, like, incredible. And, like, her her power is, like, insane. Um, also, just, I love, like, seeing solo artists before yes, their time yes. as solo artists. You know, like, like Elliot Smith and Heat Miser and stuff, which Michaela put us all onto. Like, just, that's a really cool context to see people in. Like, what they were doing before they became their name. You know what I mean? Totally. And those are two like really good examples of some of artists that became like larger than life with their solo careers. But, you know, really interesting to see where they started. And I mean, the sugar cubes are amazing. So excellent, excellent selection. Next up, Ty Seagal, feel off of Manipulator. Super fuzzy, noodly, psychedelic track. But what I like about Ty Seagal, still very melodic, even though he kind of works in all these other elements. Uh, this record, awesome album, released in 2014. So tell me a little bit about why you picked this awesome song. Um, yeah. Wait, how are you saying it? Seagal? <laughs> Is that right? I always say seagull, but I, you're yeah, probably I don't right. know. It's maybe both. I was just having this conversation the other day. Really? I feel like I heard someone, I think I said Ty Seagull, and then I heard someone say Ty Seagull. So then I started <laughs> doing it just because I was like, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. I'm wrong, you know, type of thing. I don't know, but I could totally still be wrong i'm not positive so yeah, I don't know. Well, he'll have to I, call us and correct us on the pronunciation of his name people pronounce my name wrong all the time <laughs> <laughs> anyway um yeah i think we all love ty siegel and fuzz too um and so this is a great song yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing I feel like yeah, I picture the sun melting when I hear this song in a really good way. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, that's a great, like, um, like for Ty Siegel generally, yeah, like, all, like of all of his songs make me feel like Before we started recording, I mentioned how pumped I was that you picked this album because it's one of my favorites. Yuck's 2011 self-titled album and you picked uh, Get Away. Uh, I mentioned that I think it was either last year or the year before that this band announced that they broke up. It was weird because they had this album, then they put out an album after this. 
and the original singer left. I still liked the record that came after this, but this is definitely uh, the best one, especially for people like us, the four of us that are fans of like great 90s guitar music like Dinosaur Jr. and Sonic Youth and stuff like that. So, Yeah, this is the only Yuck album that I've ever really listened to. My dad put me on to this song. And then I started listening to the album, but that's my favorite song on the album for sure. It's so good. And the album cover is so cool too. I was just admiring it earlier. Yeah, that big thing or whatever like, it is. It's that like, big, it looks like, like it's a drawing thing. Yeah, love that song. So satisfying. The guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, a band that you mentioned that you all love. Big Thief, UFOF, the title track off of UFOF. This band, especially on this song, the interaction of all the fucking guitar parts is like crazy. All the finger picking that's going on. Really like technical and beautiful. Yeah, there, I am... I love this album specifically. I think it's probably my favorite Big Thief album, personally speaking, just because, I don't know, something about Adrian Linker is so alien-like yeah. <laughs> to me. And I think most people could probably agree with that. Um, and I just feel like it fits, you know what I mean? It's like, it makes sense and her voice is kind of like, has this like eerie, eerie beautifulness to it. And I don't know, it's great. Yeah, love, love, love. Oh, hello, Mary. It's time to say goodbye, unfortunately. But it was so awesome speaking with the three of you as someone who's been following you for the last year and a half-ish. Super cool to see all the great music you're releasing. And you've got this big tour coming up. As I know there's a show at the very end of May, May 29th at, at White Eagle Hall. Is that right? Yes. yes. May 5th and May 6th. That's Friday and Saturday, Washington, D.C. and Asbury Park then Webster Hall in Philadelphia in mid-May, all tour dates, and then Jersey City, of course, White Eagle Hall on May 29th. That's a Sunday. All the tour dates are on Hello Mary's Instagram, Hello Mary Band. So that's super exciting that you're about to head out on tour. What's next for the band? I know you're all kind of approaching, I guess, big life events, finishing school uh, for each of you. What's next? What do you see the future of the band uh, being like, given that? Can we? Um, Well, there's... (laughs) Yeah, it's a really exciting era for Hello, Mary. Um, 
like we said, we've released a lot, or not released, we've recorded yeah. a lot of new songs. They will be released. Um, <laughs> tell them, tell they, them. They will be released on a label. That's exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to say who yet, but um, but they will be released on a label, which is fun. And they'll be, we'll be making vinyl, so they'll be physical. Um, they'll be released physically, which is great. And... Yeah, I don't know. Just so excited to have people hear what we've been cooking for the last two years. Um, yeah, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. And music videos and um, hopefully just more and more shows and just, you know, Hello Mary Takeover. We're going to take over. <laughs> Hell yeah. I want to. Yeah. Hello Mary Takeover sounds amazing. And everyone <laughs> check out Hello Mary's Bandcamp to purchase all of the music they've released thus far, including their two most recent singles, Stinge and Sink In. That's hellomary.bandcamp.com. Hello, Mary. Thank you so much. Everyone go see them on tour. I'm very excited to see them at White Eagle Hall on May 29th. Thank yeah. you so much for having us. We yeah. really appreciate it. Let us know. We'll, we'll put you on the list for White Eagle Hall. Oh, sick. Right oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hello, Mary. And before we go, we're going to play one final track. This one is called Take Something. Mm -hmm. 